Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. And before we get started, we want to give a great big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Remember, you can go to betterhelp.com slash psychcentral and get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Remember, all you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. Today, Vince and I will be welcoming back Psych Central founder, Dr. John Grohall. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be with you guys today. Glad to have you again. And we're here to discuss cognitive distortions with you. I mean, if that's okay with you. Yeah, hey, that's fine by me. Awesome. Well, can we start by telling our listeners just what a cognitive distortion is? Sure. Cognitive distortion is a, uh, is a psychobabble term that psychologists and other professionals use to talk about the way that people uh, use thinking in ways that is not very helpful. It's sort of like a, a, a lie that we tell ourselves um, in our own thoughts. And what's the negative of this? Aside from that, you're lying to yourself. I was, yeah, was going to say, it's kind of, that's kind of obvious, Gabe. Well, well that's, not necessarily. I mean, you know, what is that fake it till you make it? I mean, this is something yeah, that people that's, talk that's, that's crap. I don't believe I, that one. I'm, I'm just saying that these, these are well-respected terms that, that, you know, believe in yourself. But I suck at baseball, Dad. Believe in yourself. Wouldn't it, that be a cognitive distortion? But it's deeper than that. Yeah, the, the problem with cognitive distortions is that they are based in untruths. They are lies. They are faulty ways that we tell ourselves something about the way we're thinking that simply isn't true. And unfortunately, what this does to us is that it teaches us to believe those lies because we, we hear them so often in our own heads. So, I mean, if you tell yourself something often enough, you're going to start believing it. And if that something is a lie, that's going to be a problem. I think I get it. And I think Gabe gets it too. And I'll bet you that we could probably think of some off the top of our heads. Like I know a lot of people who think in black and white with virtually everything. It's either this or that. There's no shades of gray. I'd say that's probably one of the most common cognitive distortions out there is this what psychologists call polarized thinking, black Mm -hmm. and white thinking, um, that you're either perfect or you're a total failure. There there is no middle ground. It's it's black or it's white. And a lot of times when you hear people talking, especially in certain areas of discourse today, politics, for instance, there's a lot of black and white thinking going on. And as we all know, uh, nothing is usually so simple that it can be boiled down into yes or no. Um, a, a lot of things that are going on in your head and in your life are complex things. They're nuanced things. They're subtle things. And they deserve the subtlety and nuance that, um, that they need in order to better understand them, better understand your behavior and what to do about your behavior. There's a couple of things that, that I'm, I'm very guilty of, and, and I do try to work on them. But, but me, personally, um, I, I, I see the worst in everything. I, I just I, 
everything's a catastrophe. You, you know, one little thing is missing, the whole thing is ruined. And I also think that everything is about me, you, you know, like, like any little, you know, well, that didn't go so well. They're talking about me. I, I know I'm at a conference with 20,000 people and I don't know these people, but they're definitely talking about my thing that I did three days ago. Um, are, are these also examples and, and probably pretty common ones of, are these examples of cognitive distortions? Sure. I mean, they could encompass a couple of the dis cognitive distortions. It could be overgeneralization in which that we're coming to a conclusion based upon a single incident or a single piece of evidence. So if someone um, is talking about something and you just did that something and, and you know that they, they know that you did that something and that something was a mistake or a problem, you might be overgeneralizing um, the fact that they're bringing this up and, and, and you think that um, they're pointing to you. So when a person believes that something is directly um, uh, singling them out, that's a cognitive distortion that we call personalization. And it's, it's where you think that anytime someone is, is speaking about something in general, um, like your boss talking about, oh, you know, we need people to turn their expense reports in on time. And you know, you're one of those people that doesn't always turn your expense reports in on time. Um, you think they're specifically talking to you. And they very well may be talking to you, but there may also be 10 other people in, on staff that also have this problem. So it's not just about you. And of course, it could also be, you know, lighter than that. I, they, they could say, you know, we need people to really work hard to get this done. And you could believe that what your boss is saying is that Gabe is not working hard and that's why we're behind schedule. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. I knew we were behind schedule. <laughs> A lot of people too will focus on, for example, just the negative aspect of something and ignore all of the positive aspects of it. Yes. And, and when someone looks at only the negative aspects um, and only pick out the things that they want to focus on, that's a cognitive distortion that's called filtering. They're looking at things and magnifying only the things that their mind is focusing on. And a lot of times those things obviously are, are the negative things. And they will completely obliterate and blot out the fact that anything uh, positive happened or occurred. And they will only focus on the negative. And of course, uh, that's not being fair to yourself. John, one of the things that we often hear, and maybe maybe in, in younger people than, than older, is that's not fair, right? And, and, you, and in my personal opinion, I think realizing, coming to the realization that the world is not fair is one of the hardest parts of growing up. But some people, it seems, still go through life using fairness as this measuring stick for things. Do you have any comments on that? I think most of humanity is intrinsically drawn to the idea that we need to be or we should be fair to one another. Um, it seems to be ingrained in our upbringing and in, in most people, even in most cultures. And so when it comes to the realization that the world isn't exactly a fair place and that some people don't actually play by the same rules as everyone else, it really is an eye-opening experience and we lose a bit of our innocence that first time that we realize that. And it's important to realize that 
if you want to get ahead in life and want to get ahead in your own life, because falling back on blaming others for or blaming life for not being fair isn't going to get you very far and, and, and ultimately isn't going to get you the empathy or compassion that you're, you're hoping for from other people because they've already realized that life isn't fair um, and you're the one who uh, apparently has not yet. So it's a difficult lesson to learn and we all have to learn it at one point or another and we do our best to try and understand how we can be a moral and ethical being in this world um, and try to act in a way that's fair and take those times when life isn't fair and try and take them in stride and, and uh, act accordingly. We're going to step away for a moment to hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back with Dr. John Grohall. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psychcentral and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psychcentral. We've been talking to Dr. John Grohall, the founder of Psych Central, about cognitive distortions, and we are back. When I was really sick before I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I just believed that every single thing that happened to me was somebody else's fault. And I can't imagine that thinking that everything that happens to me is somebody else's fault is not an example of a cognitive distortion. Blaming other people is a cognitive distortion, and it's it's a result of our belief that other people can actually influence our feelings or make us feel a certain way. Uh, of course, they can influence our feelings and our emotions, and they other people have a lot of sway in our lives. But what most people don't realize is that we actually give them that power to have that sway in our lives, and that's something that is under our control. So when you blame someone else for the way you're feeling, you're you're actually giving up some of the control in your life and being the ruler of your own destiny. Because I think it's important to realize that your life is yours to live and other people can't make you feel a certain way or aren't responsible for your having a physical illness, for your having a mental illness. Um, These are the fates that we are given. You have to understand that you can take control of your emotions and your life and ensure that you move forward understanding that. And I imagine that thinking that it should be a certain way, that I, I... I should be well. I shouldn't have bipolar disorder. I I should have been born rich. My biological father should have loved me. All thinking that the world should have been. I know we've already talked about fairness, but I I can't imagine that just just thinking that things are supposed to be a certain way is that a different cognitive distortion or does that just go back to the fairness conversation? Shoulds are another cognitive distortion in the world that we need to be aware of and especially when we're using them in our own lives because a should statement is a statement indicating that someone else is breaking one of your 
unwritten rules that you have running around in your head. And the, the problem is, of course, that m most other people don't know what your rules are. And there's usually not a very clear or easy way to communicate what those rules are. And that's where shoulds come from. So if you're in a, a situation, you're at a restaurant, you have just been served a meal and the steak isn't cooked to the temperature that you asked it for. And, you know, some people in that situation would be like, oh, I, I'm not going to ask them to take it back and redo it. That's that. That would be mortifying. I, I, I would be embarrassed. Whereas another person might be like, of course you should. Like, that's uh, that's, you know, that's why you're out eating at a restaurant. Um, so different people have a different perception of a situation. And if, if I were to tell you, well, you should, you know, make them take that steak back and cook it to your, the right temperature, I'm communicating one of my rules to you and it, it, it's, it, it has no relevance to another person. My rules are not your rules. So shoulds are just a good indicator that you're, you're, you're climbing up a tree there that um, isn't likely to end in any kind of positive interaction. John, we, this has all been really fascinating and everything, and, and I'm sure there are still some common cognitive distortions we haven't mentioned. But I think what I'd like to ask is, what do we do about them? How do we, how do we stop distorting our cognition? <laughs> that's a great question, and I think something that's often overlooked in these kinds of discussions. The first thing you need to do is to be, become aware of the distortions that are running through your head and the challenge here is that these distortions are running through your head every single day, every single day, and probably dozens of times a day for most people. And you don't even know that they're going on because you've never stopped for a minute to think critically about them. Once you identify them and keep track of them over a period of time, usually um, the therapists recommend a couple of weeks actually because you just don't realize how many cognitive distortions you're, you're actually employing every day. <laughs> then you can start answering those distortions and talking back to them. Because the problem with these distortions is that, again, they're not true. And the best way to answer a not truthful argument is with the truth, with the facts. So you need to examine the evidence. Does the evidence actually support the way you're thinking. Because nine times out of 10, if it's a cognitive distortion, the evidence isn't going to support your way of thinking. And that's going to be a clear indication to you that what you're thinking about in that moment in time is a problem and is probably causing you some concerns. And obviously, some things are easier to resolve. Um, an example, Vince and I work together and Vince knows that I think that everything that I touch sucks. It's just kind of a thing that I have. And and Vince suggested that I get a bulletin board and put, you know, like nice emails that I get, uh, thank you cards, uh, awards, things, and just, you know, stick them up on the bulletin board so that when I think that I suck, I can look at them. And as you said, I'm now fighting cognitive distortions with facts. Now, that one's simple, but... If it's something that impacts like your political views or your cultural views or your religious views, uh, I imagine that's going to be significantly more 
challenging. You probably just can't get a bulletin board for that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're, you need to focus on the things that matter to you in your everyday life. I would argue, and primarily your relationships with other people, your relationships at work, things that are causing you anxiety or other kinds of problems uh, mentally or, or cognitively. I think those are the uh, the low hanging fruit to focus on. I think you know your strategy for you know putting up some thoughts on a board uh, and and some statements is is a perfectly sound and 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 wonderful strategy. It's something that anybody can try and do, which is to to remind themselves of every time every time you're feeling down on yourself to remind yourself of something positive that you've done, an accomplishment, an achievement that you've made, a, a a raise it or a promotion you got at work or you know finishing a, a semester at school these are all achievements that people should could and should be proud of because they actually mean something and they should mean something to you you know one of the things that we talk about in cognitive distortions as well because black and white thinking is such a is such an issue is to really stop and recognize when you're looking at uh, an issue from a black and white perspective and start thinking about the different shades of gray in that perspective, the different other perspectives rather than Democrat, Republican, whether then I'm doing the chores or I'm not doing the chores, put yourself in the other person's shoes. If you said you were going to take out the trash and you didn't take out the trash, uh, so then you think, oh, well, I didn't take out the trash. I'm a total loser. I can't do anything right. That's usually the sort of thought pattern that a person might have if they have low self-esteem and, and they have that cognitive distortion of overgeneralization. Um, and the answer to that is, no, I forgot to take out the trash this one time. I'm usually pretty good at taking out the trash, but this week I got busy with something else and I meant to take it out and I forgot and I'm human and that's okay. Like you're human beings forget stuff. So that would be an example of, of reattributing the event in a way that actually gives proper weight to an alternative explanation for, you know, for what happened rather than saying, Oh, you're a loser because you didn't take out the trash. You say, no, I'm human. I make mistakes. I made a mistake in this case. I'll try and do better in the future. And that doesn't make me a loser. And you're right. People do forget things. For example, Gabe has somehow consistently forgotten to buy that uh, bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's not true. I actually have the bulletin board. I just haven't hung it or put anything on it. Um, but I have acquired the bulletin board. So okay. Ba baby steps. It's the first steps, step. Yes. Yeah. The the challenge is really I don't have any skills to hang things. So uh, I see that and I'm incredibly lazy. Uh, other than that, <laughs> I, I could see how hammering a nail might be cause of anxiety. I, I mean, you probably shouldn't give me tools. You never know what's going to happen. John, thank you for being here. Do you have any final thoughts or words or advice when it comes to cognitive distortions? Because as you pointed out, at least I believe you pointed out at the beginning of the show, this is this is really something that impacts everyone. Yeah, cognitive distortions are at the core of what a lot of cognitive behavioral therapists and other kinds of therapists try and work with people in psychotherapy with. 
so you're kind of getting a jump on uh, therapy and your own self-care if you learn more about cognitive distortions and learn how to uh, take control of them in your own life. You um, might even save yourself a, a therapy bill or two. Thanks, you. It's always, uh, always interesting having you on, John. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Well, again, also, thank you, everyone, for listening in, and I hope you'll join us again next week for the Psych Central Show. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. 